Hey everyone, Elisha Voberg here. I'm standing in the bathroom of the hotel that Katie and I are staying in for our anniversary getaway. Our anniversary is on May 7th and we decided to come up here to Victoria, British Columbia to have a couple days away and we're really enjoying ourselves. This episode that you're about to listen to, we recorded only a few days ago and it's a very spontaneous conversation that Katie and I had uh, around some assumptions that that apparently some of our listeners have about Katie and I. So some of you guys uh, you know, wrote in some of your assumptions you have about us. And so we're going to answer and respond to those assumptions. It's a pretty lighthearted conversation and it was very unrehearsed as you're about to hear. Uh, so please enjoy. Also, actually, I'm going to ask you again to leave a rating or a review if you enjoy this podcast. That means so much to Katie and I. All right, guys, we'll get this thing going. Hey, I'm Elisha Voberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. Today, Katie and I are doing something that's kind of new to our podcast. It's new to me, and it must be, so therefore it must be new to you too, Katie. Is that right? Yeah, it is. We're going to be answering your assumptions about us. So you probably have seen these videos either on YouTube, some podcasters have done them, and it just sounded like a fun idea. So I put out a poll on Instagram, asked what you guys assumed about us, and some of you are spot on and some of you are light years off. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I haven't heard, I don't think, I think you told me one of these assumptions. And so I know about one of them, but the majority of these, this is going to be the first time I've heard them. So that I think that keeps it kind of interesting for me anyways. I think you guys are going to get a pretty genuine response from me. Yeah, I started to read him to Elisha and he's like, wait, wait, let's just do it cold turkey because he, he gave me his response. And I was like, no, you can't give me your response till we're on the podcast. Yeah. So I did rehearse one of my responses. Yeah. And it's going to be even, it's going to be even better the second time, even more genuine the second time. Okay. So I'm just going to go through these in order. We aren't going to get through all of them. Okay. But is that cool? I'm cool with that. Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So the first one cracked me up. It said that you are nice and your husband is nicer. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this is a really true assumption though. I liked how it was phrased. She didn't say your husband is nicer than you. Sure. She said you're nice, but your husband's nicer. Yeah. Well, obviously (laughs) I know you more than anybody and I know that you're a very nice person. But you're like the nice, like Elisha's like, a nice guy. I think I'm more laid back. I was going to say, like, you are a nice... Per- okay, I thought this would be way easier to answer than it is right now. What I think is, like, you will bend over backwards for people. Like, you'll get stepped on because you're nice. Like Sometimes. I'm, like I'm a pushover? No. Just like when you like when you sold our car, 
you were super nice about it. Oh, well, that was a great guy. And that was like (laughs) for a great cause. (laughs) That's what I mean. I think that's what she meant. All right, guys, that was question number one. Oh, my goodness. I feel like there's a conversation that's coming after this podcast is done being recorded. (laughs) No, do you think? No, I think I'll clarify just yet. I'll clarify. Katie is an extremely nice person, but I think I might be a little bit more of a laid back person. And so therefore, yeah, people, I might get stepped on a little bit more often um, because I I guess I'm not, I, I don't like confrontation and you're very comfortable with confrontation. Yeah, I don't like it, but if I feel it's necessary, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I'm I think I'm growing in that area cuz as like the leader of our home, I want to be the one that steps up and engages in confrontation if it's necessary for the yes. well-being of our family. And you do that. I don't feel at all that you're just like, "Oh, Elisha's not going to hold to his standard or hold to anything." That's not how you are. You aren't a jellyfish at all. Sure. Thanks. You you definitely know what you think and what you, you believe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, they aren't all going to be that hard. Um, You hate child-free people offering advice about parenting. I don't think I say, I don't think I hate it. I don't think it bothers me at all. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I ever hate advice coming from anybody that I admire on some level. And probably just advice in general. If somebody's taking the time Mm -hmm. to try to share advice with me, I'm kind of flattered because I'm like, wow, like you care enough about me to take time out of your day to share what you think is a helpful tip. Yeah, Elisha's really good. If people have ever confronted us about anything, he's taken it and tried to find what's true in it and apply that to our lives. And I get way more defensive right off the bat, like what? They don't know what they're talking about. And Elisha's like, well, let's let's sit here for a second and think about this. You know, what is true in this? And so I really admire that about you. Good. Yeah. I, I honestly don't feel like that's a, that's not like a false humility in me. That's just like, it's, I feel like that's like my logic coming out of like, okay, well, I know for a fact that I don't know everything and that this person could very likely have insight that I don't have. So I feel like I'd be foolish to not hear them out. Yeah. Well, you're really wise in that way because it is, it's easier to flare up. But whether people do have kids or they don't have kids, if they come to us and are like, your child is acting a certain way, they can see that just as well if they have kids or not. Yeah. You know, so I do want to listen to their advice. Yeah. Sometimes they, other people can see it better because you become almost immune to your children's tendencies or habits. Oh, totally. And they can be very negative habits, you know, in your children's character and their behavior and you just get used to it. Totally. Okay. So here's another assumption. This person assumes that we never argue or fight in front of our kids or in public. That we never fight or argue? Yeah, in front of our kids or in public. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely have fought or argued in front of our children. What did you say? Yeah, I wouldn't say fight. I yeah. wouldn't use the term fight. We've yeah. definitely disagreed and argued in front of our kids. Right. I think that could change as, we, as they grow up. Mm-hmm. But at this point, they're pretty... I think I'm becoming more and more sensitive to that just as Leon's getting older, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. But we have like disagreements quite often, I feel like, in front of them. And it's, but no like big blowout. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is funny because I can remember like a couple weeks ago, I think you and I were disagreeing over something and you were like, oh, I should come on. Or or you were pleading your case. Yeah. And Leon said, come on, dad, dad. 
you yeah, know. Yeah, you're right. He did say something. I don't know why like he that. chose your side in that <laughs> discussion, but I can remember he was totally caught on that you're we were disagreeing. Right. He was like, "Come on, Dada." <laughs> so yeah, and in public, no. We've really made a point to not have confrontation in public. Yes. Yes. That was kind of a desire of mine early on that you've really honored because I think that you were more you were more comfortable having disagreement in public than I was. Yes, I was. Like my level for what was okay and what wasn't okay was different than Elisha's. And I don't want to make people uncomfortable with our relationship. Yeah. You know, in public, you don't want to see someone disagreeing with their spouse. Yeah. So I... I do think we've gotten better. Oh, yeah. I should oh. help me get better. Well, you've really been gracious and, and yeah, because I'm so sensitive in that area. I feel like you could have just been like, oh, come on, like you're oversensitive, but I feel like you've really honored me and like coming to my comfort level. <laughs> well, you guys, like I, I mean this when I say it, I feel like I've married a very wise man and I want to learn from you in a lot of these ways for sure. Okay, so this person was really sweet. I'm just going to read it. It said, no assumptions other than you are adorable. Wow. So that was nice. That's, I'm glad you read that one. <laughs> Thank you, Kylie. Thanks. Okay, this assumption is that my husband was my first boyfriend. And, Elisha, you were my first relationship, but I don't think you were my... We didn't call each other boyfriend or girlfriend. It wasn't, like, official. Yeah. We never, I don't, we, did we ever go on a date with just the two of us? For like 15 minutes. 15? Yeah. yeah. Then someone met us. <laughs> yeah. I think, so yeah. I don't, uh, he was my first relationship. Yeah. Um, here's another one. And that is, you are a perfectionist. And neither Elisha nor I are perfectionists. I think you lean more towards that than I do. Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. I'm not a perfectionist at all in anything. Like I just, I mean, if you guys see my YouTube content, you see how I dress my kids, you see how I like decorate my house. I mean, my biggest video on YouTube, the first video to hit a million views was of me not being a perfectionist, upholstering a chair. Yeah. And like, funny. I got so much hate because people were like, you did such a bad job on that <laughs> chair. So yeah. You know what? I'm going to take back my statement. I said, you're more of a perfectionist than I am. But oh, I think it's opposite. Opposite. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking I was thinking about that. And I think I probably lean more towards being a perfectionist than you do. Oh, yeah. I was a perfectionist growing up as a kid. But I really learned to let go. Yeah, I admire that big time. And I think that there's no way I would be doing this podcast, for instance, if it wouldn't be for Katie just really encouraging me to take action and to put, you know, and that putting out an imperfect product will help you grow. You know, that, that, imp that improves your quality quicker than waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, until you think your product's good enough to, to put it out there. And I think that's 100% true. I think back when we were recording videos for Votberg Music Academy, and I had to just let go of kind of like the final cut control and just tell you, okay, you edit it and you post it or you put it up, you upload it without showing me. And I just, because I knew yeah. that if I looked at it, I would pick it apart. And it would have probably never happened. And some things are still really hard for you. I feel like when you look at the courses on Boatberg Music Academy, you're like, oh, they could be better this way or this way. Yeah. Um, or like with music, mm -hmm. stuff you really care about, like stuff Elisha really cares about. I feel like you're perfectionistic on. But I get what you were saying where I'm perfectionistic and that on certain projects, I have an ideal of how I want something to look. And it might not be perfect, but it's like my way. 
Yeah. You know what I'm 100%, saying? hundred percent. Yes. And you have like your way. Right. And so sometimes that can be like, I don't know. We can get in each other's space. Yeah. Cause I don't have your vision and you don't have my vision. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah so we aren't perfectionistic. We aren't. Okay. Here's another assumption. It kind of cracked me up. It said, I actually thought both of you were 40. 40? What? <laughs> Maybe they've just heard our podcast and they haven't seen us. 40 years old? I think so. Wow. That's, this is not coming at a good time for me because I, was that like two days ago, Katie, that yeah. I was sitting on the couch, like I was kind of stressing out. I, I felt like I was having a midlife crisis prior to hitting midlife. Because I think we mentioned in our last podcast, I've been interviewing for some jobs and these jobs are just more long-term kind of career type jobs than what I currently have right now. You guys know I'm working at a coffee shop then we just have some freedom to run our businesses and we have a very like low key kind of non-committal life when it comes to a very non-committal a various profession. Like we're not, I'm not committed to a various profession or company. And uh, as I've been interviewing for these jobs and I'm hearing like the time requirements and like the commitment levels for them, I get, I'm kind of freaking out because it's, I feel like I'm like, I can, I can picture myself waking up tomorrow and being like 40 and be just doing the same, have th- been doing the same thing for the last 12 years. No. So I'm 28 years old. <laughs> that, that was, was that sorry. Was such a tangent. I don't know why I just brought that all up. Cause it's on your mind and you have been just talking about that. Yes. I'm and tr- I'm like, I'm trying to tell him like, there are so many decisions you make. You just have to stay intentional between now and when you're 40. If you fall asleep and just coast through doing the same thing every day, that's when you wake up when you're 40. But we want to be so intentional about the decisions we're making. I'm not worried about that happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 28. Katie, how old are you? I'm 24. Okay, so there were, okay, there's just so many of these questions. Like, you never fight, you rarely fight. Um, lots of fighting questions about people who think we never fight. So, I'd say for the most part, this is a true assumption. We get along really well. Yeah. I feel like we're really comfortable arguing, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I would say, like, we've had two fights in our marriage. There are two times that stick out to me where it's like, what would you say we've had more? Well, I'm trying to think of these two. Okay, Cabo. Yeah, that was that was a fight. Yeah, <laughs> that was legitimate. And then right um, postpartum, we have on postpartum with Leon or Lucy. I think Leon. Uh, I can't remember. Leon. <laughs> was that when you like got in the car and drove away? Oh yeah, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that is bad. Yeah. Okay, we aren't proud of those things. Both of those things were moments that were knocked down, drag out, totally embarrassing to talk about or remember. Fights. Yeah. We're both really immature. We don't have to explain. Well, no, I just want to clarify. She got in the car and drove away. You weren't going to, like, leave me. You weren't, like... Oh, no. Are you kidding? I was going to, like, drive down the street and sit there and text him and get his attention because I know if I left that house, he would have to give me attention, which was super stupid. Okay. That was just a bad... um, I can't even remember what it was about at all. Mm -hmm. I just remember being really mad. Yeah, me too. I I have no idea what that one was about. (laughs) Anyways... So what's cool is that you can have an awesome marriage and have times you're totally embarrassed about in your marriage. Like God's so faithful. Yeah. I think he has been so faithful for us. Like if I saw another couple have 
if I'm a fly on the wall in either of those fights, yeah. I would have been like, they have a terrible marriage. Yeah. You know, but that's doesn't neither of those things define our marriage no. at all. And no. I would say those things are so few and far between. I think both of those fights were from massive buildup of emotion mm-hmm. and we didn't release it, you know, as it was building. Right. And so it all just built up. Yeah. So I would say like arguing or disagreeing is a good way to release steam and address things before it gets to fight level. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because I mean that if you're arguing or, you know, sorting through disagreements, then that usually means you're at least communicating. And I think it's when there's feelings and hurt and disagree and, you know, d- disagreement that's not being articulated or not being communicated. Mm-hmm. That's what builds up to a fight, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, I would say we rarely fight, but we do disagree. We're very comfortable disagreeing. And I think for the most part, we do it in a healthy way. Yeah, I feel, I feel like everybody's comfort level is going to be different with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just I mean, for our marriage. Yeah, for our marriage. Do you feel it's healthy? Or I feel do like you it's not? healthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel so, yeah, I feel so good in that area of our life where I feel the freedom to articulate my thoughts on a topic if I think we might disagree. And I would hope that you feel the same freedom and comfort in doing that and i do feel like we've gotten quicker at apologizing like i hate when i'm at odds when, with elisha yeah because you are at odds with yourself when you're at odds with your spouse yeah too. like you there's feel just it. you feel that broken unity and i think we've both gotten better at being like swallowing our pride sooner yes i mean like hey like i can hold this grudge and just make it a, a, into a big deal or i can just be like hey sorry for where i was off yes i think of even that disagreement in the car the other day that you mentioned where leon Oh yeah. Said that comment. What? For which one? That you just mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where Liam yeah. was in the back and like yeah. picked my side. Um, that diffused really quickly. Yeah. And in the past, it probably would have built up over the next couple hours, and been a lot bigger deal. Yeah, I think we're growing. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so there were also a lot of assumptions that said you guys don't believe in birth control. So you're going to have a ton of kids. So people are saying you both want to have 11 kids. You're going to have nine kids. You're going to have 10 kids. <laughs> wow. And you plan on having a big family. But then a lot of people said um, it's because you don't believe in birth control. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can really understand why people would have that assumption. We've, <laughs> we're having our third baby in less than three years of marriage. So <laughs> it really makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's funny as far as believe in birth control, I, I'm assuming you think they think we think it's wrong to like exercise birth control. Do you think that's what I the don't assumption know. is? Yeah. Or? I think they're assuming yeah. that. Yeah. And I would say, I don't like the term birth control. Because I do feel this way. I feel Elisha and I don't want to keep control of any of, ultimately we don't have control of any one area of our lives. When it comes to like Christ, it's a good gift when he gives us babies. Yeah. Or just that our lives are not our own. We've been bought at a price. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do think we have that open handedness of I'm not going to give my life to the Lord, but still control my womb. Hmm. And I think we both know of people who have gotten pregnant thinking they were controlling the situation sure. and the Lord had a different outcome. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like that term birth control. Um, but that said, 
we are not opposed to preventing pregnancy. Yeah, I think that we feel really strongly that we have this this free will. We've got this will that we're able to exercise and we're able to do things, even in very natural ways, that can prevent uh, a pregnancy. Yeah, and I do think that we're given knowledge too. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I see women have these babies back to back to back to back and their bodies are just falling apart and they can't love their husbands, they can't take care of their kids. And to me, there's nothing holy or righteous or, you know, like fantastic in that. Hmm. You know, that's our decision. Yeah. But I do think we have been given the knowledge and the understanding to, to know that we can prevent Yeah, and I think pregnancy. that regard, regarding where we're currently at, because I feel like this is somewhat of a, of a moving... Uh, our, our mindset around this, I think, is has been shifted a little bit in our first couple years of marriage, not drastically, but I think it's kind of forming over time. I think where we're currently at right now with our third baby coming, you know, and in three years of marriage is we really want to be in tune to your body and your health Mm -hmm. and the health of our family. And, uh, you know, are we raising up children that are a blessing and are we being fruitful and not just multiplying? Cause that's what God's told us to do. said to be fruitful Mm -hmm. and multiply, not just multiply. And so we want to be fruitful in our multiplication um, and how we're training our children and raising them up. And then most importantly, and I think this is the one thing I want to just, you know, hammer down on, is that regardless of what your decisions are around child, you know, having children or not having children, is that your mindset needs to be that they're a blessing. And I think that so often people will say, no, a child would really be a burden right now because money's really tight. Or a child would really be a burden right now because our marriage isn't doing so good. Well, children, regardless of when they come, they're a blessing. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have the freedom to refrain if you're in a type of a place that's financially challenging. But whether the child's a blessing doesn't change in yes. that situation. And if anything, if you're in a financially difficult situation, you should be working to get out of that so that you can proactively pursue that blessing. Yeah. And I think if you're if you don't feel comfortable with your where your marriage is at and having another child, you should that should kind of it should hurt you that you're not able to pursue that blessing. You should say, "Man, I want to get this the situation sorted out in our marriage so that we can pursue this blessing." And so I think having that mindset around children is is far more important. Well, I think it's just very important. Then obviously that will affect what you decide to do. Yeah. So we have the heart to accept any blessing that the Lord blesses us with. And we just feel so honored to be given the children that we have been given. I do think people, when they, you know, I'm reading these assumptions and they're saying, I assume you don't believe in birth control because you've had three kids close together. We have had three kids close together knowing that we were going to have three kids close together. Um, or, knowing, or knowing we wanted to have three yeah, kids. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Knowing that that was definitely the... Yeah most likely outcome. Right. And it wasn't because we were um, naive or people say, oh, you were surprised or, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We definitely knew that we weren't taking any steps to prevent um, childbearing. Mm-hmm. And we did want each one of these kids to have each other and be siblings and be really close. Yeah. So I guess that might be another assumption thrown in there. Yeah. That we had them kind of willy-nilly or whatever but I guess we were very intentional in wanting each one of these kids we weren't surprised or thrown off guard or like oh my goodness this is going to keep happening for the next 15 years and we don't know what to do you know yeah yeah 
And I guess, I mean, because again, this can be such a, such a sensitive topic. And I really do want to communicate that our hearts towards this are that it is such a personal decision within each couple. And yes. that, as far as when you choose to have children, when you choose to, tr- you know, start trying ha- to have children, um, how many children each, you know, you, you want to have or you choose to have. And, um, and so we feel like that's such a personal decision, but then God works in that too. And so I guess what I'm trying to articulate is, is children are always a blessing, but yes, you've got the, the, this, you've got this freedom to take action or to not take action in certain areas to Mm -hmm. make, you know, conception more likely or less likely. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that there's any sin in, in that, you know, in, in taking action. I don't think either of us feel that way yes, at all. I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. The only form of contraception I'm against is anyone that would kill life that's already been formed. Yeah, me too. And any mindset I think that I would be against is maybe this attitude of like, oh, there is no way we want to ha- get pregnant right now. That would just, that would be such a hindrance to our life right now. Like that's just not a good mindset ever because a blessing is a blessing is a blessing. Like they're always going to be a blessing. And so if you feel like you're in a position where it would be an interruption to your life, you're kind of fighting that thought, then you should be fighting to get into a position where you can embrace that blessing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that was like a really big topic. I hope our hearts came through on that. You guys, um, yeah, there's so many variables. There are so many variables and, I don't know. I guess I, we do really think it's important to be wise when it comes to the mother's health, yes, the marriage's health, the family's health, yeah, the health of the children, the health of the children, and we do want to be wise in that way, and not just. Um, but we also want to be open to whatever the Lord gives us. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So hopefully that came through, um, because again, depending on your perspective or where you're coming from this might sound like a lot of different things. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think Katie and I would ever judge. uh, We wouldn't ever judge how many people, how many children people choose to have or not have. No, ever like that. That never crosses our mind. It's not like, Oh, if you have eight kids, then you're better than someone who has two. And and the Lord honestly is in control of that. He does. It says in his word, he opens and closes the womb. Right. And there are people who get pregnant when they're preventing and there are people who want to have children so bad and yeah. can't. Yeah. And we know that's that's something we haven't experienced and we can't relate to, but that is super prevalent today too. Yeah. I know of and a lot of women who want to get pregnant and can't. And so the Lord ultimately is in control. Yeah. And we want to have that mindset. Okay, here's one. This assumption made me laugh out loud. It said, you guys believe that sex is the most important thing in a marriage. (laughs) Do we talk about it a lot or something? I don't know. I'm like, maybe we're, maybe we come off as overly happy (laughs) about that part of our marriage. So they assume that's all that we think is important. I mean, you know, something I might put before sex is like honoring the Lord in your marriage, having him at the center of your marriage. (laughs) communication yeah loving and respecting each other yeah i think there's definitely very very many things that come before sex in a relationship yeah i mean if that's the most important thing in it or what was it the the sex is the most important thing in marriage yeah yeah since it's inevitable that there's just going to be seasons if you're having children 
um, or you're going through a health crisis or you're traveling apart from each other, there's going to be seasons where sex is just off the table. You know, it's not an option. Um, then obviously your marriage has to be built on something far more stable and long lasting than, yeah. than the physical act um, of sex. I know that we believe that. And um, yeah, I mean, if I could say the most important thing about marriage, it really just has to be having, you know, uh, your heart submitted towards the Lord. I feel like in realizing it's not your marriage, it's God's marriage. You know, he brought you together. He's the one that gets to choose what he's doing through your marriage and with your marriage. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, and you yeah. can, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, I think that like, <laughs> I think that's plenty much. Of I think we really enjoy our, our, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll leave really that there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it some more if you want. <laughs> okay. This, this assumption is you've never left and immersed yourself in another culture and learned what it means to be a minority. And yeah, that is so true, you guys. I actually had a hard time getting my passport, like really hard time getting my passport for a lot of different reasons. And so we just left the country this last year in October. We flew down to Cabo and you guys can hear how well that went. <laughs> it was one of our worst oh, yeah. nights. That's right. <laughs> um, so obviously we didn't handle the culture shock very well. Mm-hmm. No, but I would say for me, it was so eye-opening because we were there, like literally we landed in New Mexico at the airport and I was so... No, no I think it was Mexico City. Oh yeah, Mexico City. You guys, I am really bad at geography. Yeah, did you know New Mexico is a part of the United States? Yes, I did know that. I just should think a little bit before I speak. That's another weakness. Okay, so we fly into the airport, and, like, people didn't speak my language. The culture was totally different. We get out of the airplane, and people are, like, bartering for, like, our taxi ride, and that was stressing me out so much. I was just like, what's the price of the taxi? Because then, you know, it was just, like, this cultural thing. People would say it was one thing, and then when we went to leave and we're like, okay, we're going to go find another taxi, they'd, like, drop the price 20 bucks, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, and I know that's really common in other cultures. So, anyways, it was really, really stressful for, like, the two days we were kind of, like, in that culture. And I can't imagine how it would be coming to America, mm-hmm. and you're dealing with a whole different set of cultural norms. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I just think that assumption's very accurate. Yeah. Like we've never we've never really traveled away to different cultures and put ourselves in the position of being the minority in any in any situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of I mean, of crazy. it might might be able to happen in the future. Might not. We'll see. We'll see what the Lord has in store for us. Yes. I do think that would be an incredible eye opening experience for sure. And we are not opposed to it. Okay, so this is we are gonna do a couple more here. Is that okay? Two more? Okay, let's do two more. Okay. So this assumption is you both had amazing childhoods and families leading you to have a strong faith. Not everyone does. I would say that's true. I loved my child. I still do love my childhood. I I loved it when it was happening. And I I think I love it even more looking back on it in retrospect. And I'm so grateful for the faith that my parents um, cultivated in our home from my earliest memories and that they've continued to walk out faithfully amongst themselves, my parents, and seeing it passed on to my siblings as well as myself, and then now their grandchildren, um, you know, my nieces and nephews, and, and, and Lord willing, our children, carrying out that faith um, in Jesus Christ and, and their hope in Him, and having the Word of God, the Bible, 
taught and read and preached in their home on a daily basis um, and really just taking that ownership for your faith um, personally, you know, and, and realizing it's something that you need to pursue and you need to know the truth and you need to build your hope on the truth, not on feelings or not on popular opinion or not on what the culture is telling you. Um, and so that was, I'm so grateful my parents, you know, from my earliest memories cultivated that. Yeah, and I will say we do realize that is a huge blessing. We've talked about this before that we do have a hard time relating. We know that the majority of people do not come from backgrounds like we did, and we're just so grateful. Mm -hmm. And that isn't something that we can't relate to. We can just be sympathetic towards. Um, And, yeah, I'd say most of our close friends are first-generational Christians, Hmm. and they are – paving that path for their families and they are the ones who are going to create a legacy of Christianity and stability in their homes and healthy relationships and I think that is so inspirational and I think what's so cool is that as Christians God is the father to he says he's the father to the fatherless yes amen he he is everything that we need and so Elisha and I do come from incredible families it's been a huge blessing in our lives but i do think what's even more important is our relationship with our heavenly father and the ability he has to fill in those gaps Mm. of our earthly parents amen it's so much more important because as i just you know rambled on about how grateful i am for my family the only reason i'm grateful for it is because i've got a newness of life in jesus christ and my name is no longer just Elisha Voberg. I'm a son of God. I'm, I'm identified by God as his son. And so therefore my earthly father, that doesn't give me any, you know, extra credit in heaven. That doesn't give me any credentials, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Jesus Christ or with God. It's my faith in, in Christ and in his finished work on the cross that makes me a new creation. And I love that the Bible says that he made a people that were not a people. He made them a people. And so it doesn't matter what your last name was or what your inheritance is or isn't from your earthly family, you know, and if you're from a good line or a bad line, mm-hmm. you're a new line when you're in Christ Jesus. Um, and it's a, it's a new creation and it's, and it's, is, you know, he, it, it behooved Jesus Christ to call us his brethren. You know, he, he wasn't ashamed to call us his brethren. Um, and that's God. And so we're able to be fam- part of the family of God. And that is, yeah, that's just the most powerful truth. I think we'll just end there. Yeah, cool. That's good. <laughs> I mean, do you want to do? No, another that's one? great. I feel I'm, like I'm this happy has with been that. long enough, and there's quite a few more, so we'll just end there. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, good. I feel like for the most part we were like on the same page. There good. were a couple times we were looking at each other, like, "Where are you going with yeah. that?" Yeah, we were kind of we got off to a rocky start, <laughs> but I think we agree. Yeah, I think so too. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please uh, leave us a rating or a review or subscribe to this podcast or maybe even share it on one of your social media platforms if you enjoyed it because Katie and I are always so encouraged when we hear of people finding encouragement from what we're sharing. Uh, And So we appreciate you guys listening, and we hope to hear from you soon. Bye-bye.